Welcome to the Better Together Life podcast. This is the podcast for the suburban family who wants to quit the rat race and return to the land. We can do this. We can do this. We, we can do this. So after not having the kids for... Four days. And just great, great time together. Good marriage work. I love you so much. Like I do. I feel like a drunk penguin today. We're like, let's make sure that we do a podcast today. The kids are back. Uh, we haven't started let's homeschool this week. Let's get into the week. swing of things. Let's do it. We're going to be so organized. But we are. So no griping. We're doing this. Of course, the studio, if you are watching it on the video, um, which it we don't know. It does look a little hot mess behind it's, it's us. It's messed up. We got the, the hanging black sheet in the background because <laughs> I'm blinded. So the studio is in a little disarray. Shambles. I, we're going to say something really cool about the podcast because there's some been some, some cool stuff mm-hmm. that has happened, but let's talk about the topic of what we're going to be going over to today. We are going over the full story. We've told it in a couple of different ways, but this is, this is the full story of us returning to the land. So we're going over like the story of why we even wanted property, how we found property, actually like buying it, the conflict between you and I of me wanting to move at the total wrong time. Your emotional turmoil. Everything, like living with your parents for six months, actually you know, selling the house, like living in a wooden box with us being separated for at least six weeks. Everything. That's what we're going over. Yeah. So what did it actually look like to be a suburban household? Like people living on a street, paved roads, sidewalks, park, swimming pool, moving and returning to the land. What does that actually look like? And now it's time for what's new on the homestead. Okay, babe, what is new on this seven acre homestead? I love your energy there. Well done. That was really great. We took a short break. We stretched. We put on the Motivate oil and I'm ready. You're ready. Yeah. I feel it. I can sense it. Okay. Coffee. Yep. Good new things on the homestead. Well, you've put the tractor to work. That is a very good new update. You've gotten some space expanded for our chickens so that we can give them a little bit more room. We have now incorporated. I guess I did do that. I was really thinking like, I got one thing done in one day. But well, no, we, was, did, that was a we big, did work on that spot. That was You're a right. big accomplishment because it was all trees and underbrush. So throughout our property, we've got these Yopon holly trees, which are beautiful and great for migratory birds, but they are wildly prolific. Like they grow fast. In a minute, they grow fast. So every season, we really do have to kind of push back the forest from our house. And we've done a lot of progress since last year, having the forestry mulcher come through. And the tractor has been awesome to just maintain that and even give us a little bit more space without ruining the forest. What do you prefer, the thought of goats or me being on the tractor with the mistress? The mistress tractor. I actually like them both. But the thing with the goats is they're not going to eat down the whole tree. And and some of these are 
pretty significant. I don't know. They they eat the little, like the new growth. They would. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of new growth with the Yopans. Like they just shoot up everywhere. But I like that we've got some room with the tractor. I think that's the biggest thing that I've thought of since we last podcasted was what's new on the homestead. Is that for sure? So I'm not sure if we talked about the pigs getting into the forest. That's good. Bill had a rough weekend. Something happened yeah. with his leg. He's doing better. We're guessing. Yes. We're guessing that it might have been a snake bite. It might have been a snake Only bite. Only based on what we've seen snake bites do to our other animals, which is chickens. I feel like comparing the chicken snake bite to the pig snake bite might not be accurate other than they were both they lame. identical. It was, yeah. Like, And if you've identical. ever seen a pig that can't get up. That's oh, so sad. Especially this big yeah. fat chubby pig. I mean, so I think he's a chubby puppy pig. Yeah, you can go ahead and get comfy. I know you're not looking comfy, so you just you make the noise now. Get comfy. Shoot. Yeah, there you go. There you Let's go, see, baby. In the right spot. So we have a pig. Like we almost had a vet come yesterday, but he started showing better yeah. results. Like it was. It well, was, I think if you did the timeline, what was it? Saturday. Friday. No, he wasn't looking good. So Friday, Friday, he was looking a little bit puny, just not as normal. Like he is like a puppy. Bill will just be so excited when you're coming. He's grunting. He's wagging his tail. He is excited for you to be there. He wants to plop when you scratch him. And Friday, he was just kind of like, eh, thanks, guys. Like kind of whiny, like your little kid before a cold comes on. And then Saturday, he was really on the struggle bus. Like, he was kind of dragging his leg a little bit behind him, not putting any weight on it. Saturday evening, Sunday morning, not good. Not Sunday like, morning like, was really concerning because it seemed like his personality was yeah. like puny. But he too. was still eating and drinking the yeah. whole time. Like he would eat, and he would get he would get to the bowl. Oh, uh, jeez! I brought it to him. It was Saturday tough. night. I brought it to him. Yeah, but then by s- Monday, no, that was okay. By Monday morning, yes. So yeah, it was. He he got up. Monday morning, he was up, not normal, but he was up and like ready to eat. And he walked to the bowl and he still had a limp on his back leg. And it took him a minute to get up, which is very unusual for him. Well, and it shows the level of commitment that I have mentally to him because I was asking uh, one of our neighbors. So if you're listening to this, uh, there's nothing wrong with this. But he was like... Do you need to take him to the process? Like, do you need help right. to take him to the processor? <laughs> and I was like, what? Absolutely not. No. We're not processing this baby pig no. puppy that we love. But it does put you in a bad spot of like. I don't think so. I think it allows you a healthy investment. With our with our meat pigs, we know that they're going to the processor. And if something were to happen, we're like, that needs to happen a little bit, like maybe 20 pounds sooner than we wanted. Well, we'll just go do it. Figure out even yeah. if we got to do it at home. Yeah. yeah. And for the most part, like even friends on Instagram that I've seen who farm, if their piglets get bit by a snake and they're lame, it's really hard to recover. But for some reason, we have not seen our copperheads in our area kill our animals. Like on our property, we've very clearly seen the copperhead and the evidence of their destruction. And when those chickens were bit by the copperhead, they didn't die, which is crazy to me because it seems like they should have. 
And Bill, we don't know that we know, but his behavior was really similar to the chickens and to other chi- other pigs that we know of that have been bit by copperheads or poisonous snakes. So I don't know. He's on the mend, though. That's the main thing. He really thing. is. He's doing and he's, better. He was grunting and doing, he jumped up on the fence just like normal, which is bad behavior. We get it. But we're just not there. Like, our pig's behavior is not a priority at the moment. Yeah. So, pigs in the forest, Bill doing better. All but one tractor is all together. All the chickens. The, all the poultry. All, yep. the, all the birds. So, the... How are the birds doing, babe? Well, I guess it's not all of them. So we got... There's just one that's not in there. Well, no. So there's the group of the original layers, the six, that are still laying. It's like over two years and they're still... There's six of them. They were getting still like four eggs a week, four eggs a day. So we're not not crockpotting those ladies just yet until they just fully are done. And I think they're helping with some bugs. They are. Yeah, because we let them free range Mm -hmm. uh, every evening and then... They sleep out in the morning because they won't, they don't know, they don't have a house. They won't sleep in a house. So 20 feet up in a tree. Which is silly. Most people let your chickens free range during the day and then you put them up at night. It's not like a practice we recommend. We're just saying this is how we deal with this one weird group of birds. So then the lavenders, your Mm -hmm. beautiful gray poultry palette. They are gorgeous. They really are cool. Like now they're incorporated into our summer home for the chickens and they, their tractor is in the the poultry netting. However, it's open during the day and then we let them, you know, kind of go back at dusk and get roosted and happy. But they are out strutting around with the ducks and the and the other bird other chickens that we have. And I don't know how I feel now that we've had bantams. I'm not super pleased with their bratty behavior. I told you that we don't need bantams. Not because so of the behavior, cute. but just because of the usefulness of them. I know. And the fact that we now Some have... Some of them are You're going to feel the same exact about those poofy heads. It's it's just, we're going <laughs> to have like all roosters and then Bo's going to be in charge of taking them somewhere to the pigs. Uh, but last thing, before we go to the next mm-hmm. section, how do you feel about what I called you out couple of nights ago. Offended that you would even cause me to be part of that situation. <laughs> that's how I feel about it. I'm not saying it's rational. I'm just saying that's how I feel about it. It was like you don't know who I am. It was like an initiation into a club I didn't want to be a part of. It was very funny. We've had, we had a very good weekend. We of, did. Of just being together. Good Good marriage time, watching shows, eating yummy food, no kids. And And kids were happy, super, super happy because they were at the grandparents who have just like never said the word no ever. Our alone weekend together, fun, romantic, just like lots of just love and marriage. What I'm trying to say before I get awkward. What are you trying to say? Is that I felt comfortable enough to call Kelly out at 10 o'clock at night to go to come and see the biggest giant six it foot so long disturbing. snake that we have seen on this property. It was disturbing. I think it was a king snake. It did not it look like black, a normal like a rat black snake. rat snake. Do you see it underneath there? Come here. You don't see that? 
Oh. You see that thing? Oh. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to see it. How do I get light on you? No, it makes me throw up. This thing was big. It was long. It was regal. It was repulsive. It was nauseating. When I, when you were like, hey, look at this. I knew it was a snake. And I just did it because I love you. And I'm like, fine. You don't have any kids to show this to. I will go. It was pitch black dark. We had the flashlight on. And the worst part of that is then the bugs are like flying at your face. But you really can't see except where the spotlight is hitting. Underneath the chickshaw. You went in, I'm guessing you went in to go get the egg or like, why aren't these girls going in there? He wasn't in the chickshaw. He was underneath the, you know, the hardware yep. cloth bottom. But it, nobody, everybody's like, oh, what the heck is, like, I they felt were like that. I felt like freaked Ugh. out. That's how I felt watching that <laughs> snake <laughs> underneath it. And it was just like, hey guys, I'm here. Don't, don't worry about it. But we were worried about it because we don't lose eggs and we don't want to lose chickens. It was just disturbing. I don't understand how these and but then it went like into the brush that the I don't think it wants to eat our chickens. Why not? It, it wants to those eat the bantams eggs. look perfect. In his I size. think it's too too big. Really? I think even the bantams are too big. Really? Yes. Justin Rhodes has had like a snake eat an entire chicken. It's one That's of his true. best performing I videos. That. Yeah, that it was a. Mm, I don't like it. I don't want to be a part of it in the future. I appreciate you wanting me to be involved in these things, but let's appreciate that I don't want to be involved in them. Let's talk about what's growing in our garden. Okay, babe, let's talk about your garden. Mm. I prefer the garden over snakes, so yes, let's dig in there. The garden, as soon as I got over the shock, the shooketh-ness of how horrible a tomato yield, how horrible a tomato yield we're going to have this year, I felt like I could appreciate the rest. But legit, we grew massive amounts like quantities for us not like compared to someone else but like for us we probably had like a five gallon bucket full of tomatoes that we aren't gonna eat because the freaking bugs devoured them the rain split them they were rotting on the vine it was an epic disappointment i was so bummed about our tomatoes. And it probably took me two weeks to get over it. So, you know, if you're a pro gardener and you're like, sometimes you lose some, feel free. Send me your tips. I think that's great. I just needed to mourn the loss of what I was expecting to be my pico de gallo summer. And instead, I got nothing. I got like... Pinko. Pinko de gallo. Pinko. Incorrect. Incorrect. But I got nothing. I got like... A few little cherry-sized tomatoes to put on sandwiches. And it was just like a mega bummer. So after that, I could open my eyes to see how well the drip irrigation system is really working. 
I got the timer on it and it is rocking. It is rocking. I think we need to adjust it to be a little bit earlier in the day because you were saying, you know, it's just, it's watering right before the sun is its hottest and we really need it earlier. I think I had, well, it has a 12 hour setting. So I had it at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Yeah. I knew that I wanted to like see it. And Mm -hmm. so I said it that and then I forgot. So probably like seven and seven is good for us. And what we think is great is, you can really see just how healthy, especially the under understory of what we've planted. So the drip irrigation runs along the L-shaped beds, which sort of flank the perimeter of our garden. So underneath we have strawberries and we have nasturtium, and then we have just going in some pepper plants and the tomatoes were growing up and the loofah was trellising. So we were really trying to use some good principles here, right? So we're catching water at the top. It's running down all the vines into the soil, which is great. But now we have this drip irrigation. It's coming from our rainwater. So we've harvested water from one part of the property at our roof on our house. And then we've pumped it into this slim tank that's right on the side of the garden. And that slim tank, I don't know, how many gallons? 200 265. 265. That's a lot of water. And we filled it up. It's perfect for a Suburban. Like absolutely perfect. fantastic. And I really, really, I like the design of it. I like the color. It's like a dark green color. And that's just a silly thing. But next to my garden, I like that. If you were next to your house and it was kind of a sandy color, they have that option as well. But I just love that slim tank. And the, the actual system is working really well. It is saving us a lot of time. I think we were spending probably two hours out of the day, you know, in the morning and evening, watering that garden. The watermelons. We ate one of the watermelons from the garden. There was like a tragic disappointment. I don't know what happened, but this girl just straight up exploded. So one of our watermelons we thought was going to be ready, just like split down the side like a tomato. It was it was a tragedy. It was like the way you would imagine a massacre looks. This thing was just split open and insides falling out. It was pretty the, graphic. The pigs enjoyed that one. They did. So, you know, that's one good thing. I have felt thankful that even as zucchinis were rotting or something like that, nothing went to waste. So I feel really good about that. Even the bugs that were eating up the zucchinis, I was like, oh, chickens. Here is your your live appetizer bar. And I think that's been really cool to actually start eating from the garden. So this week is probably, that's probably the biggest news is that we've gotten to eat cucumbers and watermelons and some of the tomatoes. We made a sandwich the other day that was homemade oh. sourdough. It was mayo, eggs from our chickens, and tomatoes from the garden. Yep. That is is incredible. And the satisfaction of feasting on your own food is just still a little bit surreal to me. That's pretty exciting. And for the first time ever, we have had fruit from fruit trees. The figs. That's right. Finally, after, so we did our garden tour video on YouTube. And one of the topics we talked about was like, for some reason, Mm -hmm. the the figs just are not ripening. They just keep on falling off. Yes. They would get kind of a like a quarter size, the size of a quarter. They're yep. mission figs and then black figs. 
and they would just kind of grow to the size of a quarter and then just snap off. So my guess is they weren't being pollinated. Possibly. Mm-hmm. But we've now had like four mm-hmm. that actually ripen. So they're, they're small. They're so sweet. They're small, but super sweet. And the and the not too. They're not like it's no. like right on the edge of maybe too sweet, but not too sweet. Right. The skin is really soft. Yeah. And they're so delicious. And I'm excited as they keep growing. I mean, I I wouldn't. There's nothing negative about them. No. It's like, so I, good. They're so good. And it's fun to kind of hunt for all the fruit because there's different things not only blooming at different times, but different things ripening at different times. So along our cucumber section, we've got, you know, cucumbers growing and then some that are ripe and ready. And then we didn't have any figs. And all of a sudden there were several ready and then some on the way. And the loofahs growing, I'm a little bit unclear as to whether or not I'm going to be able to grow loofah, but I hear that's kind of how it goes. Well, the good thing, you're growing it for... To make you happy mm-hmm. that the 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 leaves the growing the vines it just it does your trellis thing yeah. so that's good you get you get you get a little bit of a payday out of that sure then also we can feed the loofah to Twitch mm-hmm. our rabbit still figuring out the rabbits but still like we have that um, so we can feed that they have a poop factory yeah I think you could probably maybe feed it to pigs we'd have to see if they would. Like it. If, yeah, if they'd even enjoy it. We gave them some potatoes the other week, and they were not into that. They're not into potatoes. None of, none of them are. That's weird. Last year, our pigs were not into peppers. They're still not. Nope. Really Why no animals. Why do pigs like peppers? I don't, it's just it's a pepper. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, humans like peppers. I don't understand the pigs or the chickens. No animal has ever eaten peppers. Yep. They have not. You're right. Peppers are not the jam for that livestock. So I think that's what's going on in the garden. I'm just like jazzed that we've had insane weather, that we are still able to grow things. I have fully expected at this point in the summer to just see dry, crusty leaves everywhere. Even even if you hydrate, even if you water it, that actually doesn't make a difference in Texas summer when it comes to the hottest point where typically, I think even this time last year, like if we record week to week, this time last year, it was 110 and it was one, I think 16 feel. So it was 110 degrees and the feel was 116. That just means like it's it's crisping up, it's it's scorching your garden. There's no way around it. It's like taking a a blowtorch to something and being like, oh, but I watered the roots. Like, oh, what's the use? So I was expecting our garden to just kind of be bunk by the time end of July comes around. And it's thriving. And I'm genuinely shocked. So I'm excited to see the okra come up in the next couple of weeks. We've planted some Pumpkins, I don't know what those will do. Um, We've got this one section of the garden that we're just not even sure what to do with. It's all wood chips, but we haven't done any amending to it. They're they're two-year-old wood chips at this point, I think. Why have I not put any... I've never fed over there. I need to to do that. I should just do that. The banana trees are taller than my children. That's the shocker. We're growing banana trees in central Texas. Now, I have no idea what will happen as the seasons change, but in the summer of 2021, we grew 
banana trees in Central Texas. If there was one thing that Bo and I wish we had when we lived in the suburbs is a simple resource where all the things we needed to know about homesteading were gathered in one place. I remember the stress of scrolling through videos and blogs about gardening and family milk cows and then ending up down a totally different rabbit hole. So here's my secret sauce to help you avoid the stress of drilling and searching. It's an app and it's called Abundance Plus. Abundance Plus is a hub for all things homestead. Your favorite YouTubers have collaborated and put exclusive content here ad-free and censorship-free. There's a library of homesteaders that you know and love, like Justin Rhodes, Roots and Refuge, Sow the Land, and yes, Better Together Life. You can download Abundance Plus on your smart thing for $15 to get started and only $7 each month after that. You've got a money back guarantee and you can cancel at any time if you don't love it. But let's be real. What's not to love about targeted homestead content all in one place? Did I mention it's censorship free? Y'all, there is a ton of content we cannot put on YouTube because they simply don't want you to see it. So supporting via Abundance Plus means access to this homestead community directly supports the creators and not just another big corporation. We have chosen Abundance Plus as the host for the video portion of this podcast. So use our link to get started with Abundance Plus and we'll send you a welcome bundle of gifts. You'll see eBooks and oils and your choice of Better Together merch. To get your freebies, go to bettertogetherlife.com slash abundance. We are so grateful for your support and trust. Thank you. We'll see you on Abundance Plus. Bettertogetherlife.com slash abundance. All right. So we're going to go into the main topic, which is returning to the land. But one, if you're listening, it might sound a little bit different. And then also if you're watching, it's going to look a whole lot different because this is not only the second take of us trying to do this. It is days Later. later. This is almost a week later. I think both of us have showered since the last episode, and that's always a plus. Okay, we're talking about returning to the land. And also since the last couple of days, we've kind of looked at this, and we have realized it, this is a lot of content for us to go through. It's a lot of, this is years of stuff that we need to be able to cover. So we're going to do this in two parts. I think and that's wise. Yeah. So uh, we're going to... Start because one of the reasons why we have to do this a second time is because for the first time ever, the audio recorder ran out of space and and you're just like, my goodness. Okay. Who knew that this thing was going to be this long? So why returning to the land? Why did we even want land? Do you remember what got you excited about that? You thought the world was ending. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, that's why. I'm talking about, no. I didn't yes. think that. We bought this 100% because we thought if the world ended, we're a couple hours from my parents, couple from my sisters, couple from your parents, and everybody could get there in two days if they had to ride bikes. That was it. Honey, we looked at land in Katy, Texas. I'm talking about before 2015. I'm talking about the reason why I was interested in land. So this is goes all the way back to when Ollie was just born and Everett was maybe 18 months old. For me, the reason that got me excited about this possibility was the fact that 
whenever we went to your parents that, and so Kelly's parents house have, it's, it's a, it's a bigger house for sure. And it's a, on about an acre lot. It's a little bit different in terms of the acreage that you have, but there's definitely more space and the neighborhood that they're in, they have like some creeks that go down there. Some, uh, like, you know, ditches. I guess it's mainly creeks. Like there's a couple of creeks in their neighborhood. And so Kelly would be inside taking care of Ollie as an infant and, I would be in charge of Everett and just taking him out. This is probably like in November. So it was decent weather that he and I can go out and play. And I just noticed that there was a change in his attitude, personality, everything for the better. Mm-hmm. He fussed less. Uh, he ended up having better sleeps that night because he was so tired. And, and he was only two years old. So yeah. it's not like we're talking about our 10-year-old <laughs> doing so much better. We're talking about like, hey, noticeable differences with a totally different type of stimulation. Well, and also he was our first kid. So we, you know, everybody. Everybody has a first pancake. Yeah. And all kids go through any kind of fussiness. But just we noticed that there was a a lot of positive influence of being outside. And that's Mm -hmm. whenever we first realized, wow, I like this type of Mm -hmm. environment and not being in front of a screen. Mm -hmm. And so that's whenever, that's one of the things that got me very excited about about possibly looking at land. So Mm -hmm. from there, any chance that we would have to be able to go and take a scenic route to a certain location. I was like, hey, can we take the long way Mm -hmm. and just see bigger pieces of property anywhere Mm -hmm. between like three to five acres, some that were 10, you don't really get to see the whole Mm -hmm. like 10 acres, but just see these homes in and around the Katy area to where you, you just see families living with more space and you kind of start dreaming about it a little bit. Like ease into the idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you would get, either you did it for me or no, you. No, I don't think you were the driving force. I think we both liked that. I think we also felt the city just getting bigger. And there's just no denying that. Cities grow. It's what they do. It's what they're made to do. So if you feel like what you want isn't in front of you anymore, but it was a couple of years ago, that's not crazy. It's totally normal to notice that all the space, even in our area, properties that were literally grazed on by cows had highways built up around them, where then you're driving up this huge spaghetti bowl mixer of highways all at one uh, sort of convening point, and you look down and there's just this like one little rectangle where the cows still are and there's a gas station on one side of it and it was just this sprawl I mean that's what they call the urban sprawl and I think that was happening around us and I could feel that plus I'm a military kid so we moved all the time if if you and I were in the same place I was moving furniture because I was like I can't stay still like we've been here two years I need to move something I need a mega shift in the in this space So moving way, way away or in a totally different environment wasn't scary. It's exciting. So all of that for our kids, recognizing that the space was getting tighter and closer and also recognizing that 
what we wanted wasn't possible with the flow of suburban mentality. And I don't mean that to like dog anybody who's in the suburbs. We say this all the time, like we loved Katie until we didn't. And I think that that's just wise to pay attention to when you don't love it anymore and you have the option to change things. I, I understand when someone lives a life that they don't like because they have no other options. I think sometimes we forget that you have other options. Like, hey, you could move to a totally different state. You could move to a totally different type of house. We have friends who were in debt. They literally sold their house and moved into an apartment and paid off all their debt. And they were like, I love this. Eventually they bought houses. Eventually they moved all over, but their goal was pay off debt. They actually just bought land. They did just buy land. But I think that's a, a funny thing is we're often building these palaces. That's what my friend Rachel said, who sold her house to live in an apartment, but paid off all her debt was some people will build houses and some people will build tents or palaces and tents. And the people with tents are just hold everything loosely. Like, Hey, we want to get rid of something to do something different. We do that. And palaces sometimes become prisons. And that's where you get stuck is your mindset and your space. And we were just seeing that the (laughs) prison, not the prisons being built. That sounds kind of cruel, but the palaces that were being built around us and our friends were building, like we were going to have to choose. Do we want to stay here and build a palace? Cause that's really the next step for us. Or do we want to go build a tent somebody somewhere else? Well, now you opened up a question before you throw me off in the story. So are you saying now that we have, we live in a tent? No, I'm saying we didn't have a problem going somewhere else. I don't think we're building a palace here. We've always said this, that our seven acres that we're on may not be our forever home. Like we've been really open with that. I really like the studio now. Well, thankfully this tent can be picked up and moved. We can take the studio. We can take this tent. But I think that's the idea is we're just very open. We truly had people in our lives who were in their thirties building their homes for their retirement, not truly that that was the goal is I want to build a home that I never have to move from. And that's just not how we're wired. They would call it their forever home. Yeah. And that's okay for them. It was just not how we were wired. And it was a decision to either stay in that space and make that next move or, or totally shift the game. Well, let's get back on track. So, so that was the, the idea of buying land. And we've talked about the whole homesteading journey with the Mother Earth News article before. Right. So that was in 2013. It, it wasn't until 2015 when we bought this uh, this piece of property, that this seven and a half acres in mm-hmm. Central Texas. And in between then, like the whole 2013, getting excited about mm-hmm. all this, learning about permaculture and gardening and everything. And then 2015... There was a lot of research in that time, in that, you know, maybe a year and a half-ish. There were a uh, lot of spreadsheets. Was there? Probably. I'm very likely. I know that there was a lot of lists. I know that I made a whole lot of priority lists of what I would want from a a piece of property. You know, um, number one always for me has always been unrestricted, no HOA. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm going to do this, I want to do 
anything and everything that I want on my property that's within Freely. the the federal law. Right. Um, so I would want to live in whatever kind of building and without the state law. It's not like we're trying to well, to avoid laws, we just want to look for a space where... Not the state law, because well, there are some states that's, uh, that rainwater harvesting is illegal. Not in our state. I'm we saying, would have moved to a state where that was an issue. That's what I'm saying, federal, like federal law. Well... No. We also... I think it's really important to say and clarify, because a lot of laws, government is never getting smaller. I think that's really important to note here, that... Every law we pass continues to increase the power and size of our government. And that means the people live a little less freely. So for the time being, as we are able to live as freely as possible, we chose a location that let us build what we wanted in the way that we wanted without building codes and restrictions. The one permit we pulled for this place was our septic because that was required by local law. So we do abide by the laws. And I highly recommend for anyone considering a shed to house to find a location where you can legally build your house. We know people personally who have built their shed to houses and then they hadn't checked their laws. And they either, one of them moved and one of them took down their shed to house and had it moved off their property. So well, the laws are important, people. That was because they got annexed. Yes. And they were not. They didn't the laws have, they, changed. Well, they they didn't read the paper. I mean, it's yeah. just, it just happened. So what I'm meaning is like, I'm not going to do, this is a family-friendly show, but just just straight up, I'm not going to like have any kind of drugs or grow anything or create anything on my property. That's what I'm meaning. It's like, I want to do whatever I want to do on my property that is, and that's what our realtor ended up saying. He said, you can do anything you want under the federal law on this property. You can do anything you want without the federal law. Just don't get caught. Like, like, and he's just meaning like the fact that this is a very free county. County. Yes. That's what I mean. Well, that's like, what I would say is, yeah. Just so, abide by the law, guys. Don't break the law. <laughs> I know. That's, I, I'm just Be saying cool, like. stay in school. That was my top priority. So, Anyway, I looked at things for, you want more coffee? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you need more cream? Just give me the coffee. So this is cream. We are now having a cow share and it is awesome, y'all. It's amazing. A milk really, share. Like it is. Make is it, friends. Oh, hear that? Well, that's not the cream. That's the coffee. Is that a little ASMR? But I do like the fact that sometimes, do we ever get milk from the Longhorn or no? I don't think so. That, okay, that, I thought that we got that. I was like, this is kind of weird that this is good milk. But they have jerseys, and that's why it's so yummy. Mm-hmm. I want a dairy cow someday. So but anyway. get the cream off the top, but it's store good. it in a small jar, put it in the coffee, and the world is right. Squirrel. And back on track. So you're not breaking are, any laws. No, I'm, I'm just saying like I, that was a top thing. So I looked at things on Zillow. I, I highly recommend, especially for Texas, landsoftexas.com. I think there's also lands of America. And then there's probably lands of any of your particular state. But those type of websites are super fun. And that's what I would do a whole lot. Realtor.com, like any kind of website. Not that you, just H-A-R? Well, H-A-R is mainly like... Neighborhoods, right? Well, that's for like in the Houston area. That's Harris County. (laughs) So, I mean... That doesn't help most of you. No. So, looking at things that you can dream about the property, 
dream about having like seeing a farmhouse, seeing land, mm-hmm. seeing, you know, any kind of fencing that you yeah, would have, like seeing any kind of pond. Yes. That's what sure. we that's what I did for anywhere between did eighteen that help to twenty four months. Make your list of what you desired was by looking to see what even was a thing. Absolutely. And I use a lot a, of that. It's a foreign language. Yeah. And I use a lot of that as inspiration in terms of like, I would do screenshots of it and we put some of that on our vision board. We did. To where, you know, which we talked about uh, in the last podcast about having, uh, uh, quitting the rat race and having residual income. Yeah. And I am a big believer in vision boards. I'd like to do it again. We're just. I think they the, feel like um, ransom notes. Anybody else feel that way? Like, listener, if you're hearing that and you think, oh, yeah, vision boards where you cut out magazines and you stick it to like a big collage (laughs) on a poster board. Feels like a lot like writing a ransom note to disguise your handwriting. It can look a little weird, but if you do it right. No, ours was highly tasteful. And here's how we did it. A black a black poster board. And then we printed out a lot of the things. We even had pictures of our family. Um, that was exciting. But like and one of those. keep it in front of us. Yeah, exactly. Like we had it in our bedroom mm-hmm. um, to where we would see it every single day. Mm-hmm. I, I I think one of the better places in a master bathroom window. Sure. I mean, sorry, not window, a mirror. Uh, mirror to yeah. where you see it like every hour. If you want to do it, if you have like a, if you have a, a shower screen, you know, a shower glass mm-hmm. door, you can put it on the opposite side to where you can look at it while you're showering. I just think that mm-hmm. you need to see it every single day. And I think that there's positive affirmations that can help you pray about this. It just lets the desires of your heart. It prioritizes it. things. It really does. It's really easy to squirrel everywhere when you're planning something new because all of it's amazing. But to hone down into that, like, what do we want and why do we want it? What does that life represent to us? That I think was the anchor to all of our planning. The life of living on the property represented more freedom, freedom of our time, freedom to homeschool in a way that we couldn't in the in the city where we were living. Not because we couldn't homeschool, but the choice in the city was like co-op and activities and the choice in the country was like, go out on your back pasture and read classic novels. So there were just different things. We didn't have a back pasture before. So we just had a lot of different choices that we made anchored in freedom moving out here. So I want you to get cozy here with the mic and your coffee. And I want you to tell us your perspective. Cause I think the first time we tried this, yeah. I did it. And I would really rather hear your perspective on the story coming to the property of us seeing this yeah. property for the first time going from the Houston to Dallas, the trip. I, I want to sure. hear the whole story. You do it. There's like four turns from our Houston house to my parents' house, which is North of Dallas. Like we would just truly come out of our neighborhood and every turn we took, to go five and a half hours was only four turns to get to my parents' house. So there's a lot of wiggle room to talk and dream. And in fact, Bo and I would spend most of our car rides talking and dreaming and sometimes list making or just kind of vision casting of what's next. I don't know. Maybe that's weird. Maybe you all don't do that. But that's how we've always done things, whether we are getting out of debt or planning our next big move in our family. So 
one trip we were up and he was like, Hey, I think the next time we come up to Dallas, let's try and see some properties along the way. Cause we'd already been looking in our area. So between the trip we were taking, talking about this idea and the next trip up to Dallas from Houston, we Bo got online and then this property popped up and he was like, Oh, that's kind of crazy. And, uh, and near the property, it was represented by this dude. And it's like, it was like Bo's man crush. It was like, if I could envision future me, future me would be friends with this guy. And the picture of the realtor is not him in like his blazer, like, you know, checking his, his chin with his fist, which most realtor photos the, yeah, I will are. say I have a friend who's a photographer now and she she photographs realtors all the time for their social media. So I'll say the tides are shifting in that kind of as unfortunately as they shifted when we got married and wedding pictures were just about to become cool, but not cool when we got married. So this guy had a very unique this realtor that Bo found had a very unique look. It's him in his camo standing over a deer, a buck he just shot, you know, lifting it by the antlers. And Bo was like, I want to be that guy. This was probably more like flip phone camera quality. Like it wasn't. Oh yeah. It was not like in studio lighting, anything. It was truly him in front of guys. I'm going to give you a drinking game. And every time I say truly, you just go ahead and have some water. Okay. Uh, it was him just in a field where he had just shot this deer. Well, it was anything that you would think of of going deer hunting as you. I like you take how a photo. Bo just tells you it was anything you'd think of going deer hunting, like he's been. No, I'm just <laughs> saying you've seen deer hunt. You've seen people that hunt hunt a deer like on Facebook, yes. and there's like just yes. here's the buck. So I it's just him shot. with his prize, right? So Bo gets in touch with him. This realtor is amazing. He says, "Hey, you know." come up. I'll see you as you're on that trip up to Dallas. Promise not to take a ton of time, but I've got a property. Yes, that one is available. Let's go look at it. So we drive to it and you can kind of like drive up on the property and look around a little bit. And it was cool, but it wasn't impressive. There was nothing that like really captured us, you know, as if you're looking at a house, you might compare it to, man, that kitchen was amazing. And the other things we could fix up. There was nothing really on that property that we looked at with the fir- with the realtor first that said, yes, let's do this. I was also a little bit not mentally present because Ella was maybe a year old at the time. Yeah, she was just a year old. She was just turned one. And we'd already road tripped two hours just to get to this one spot. So she's cranky. My other two kids are only three and four. They are cranky. Everybody's hungry. So we get back in the car and I'm like, okay, we're going. Also the boots. I had these long hunter boots that are like very cute, but not like they're not like rubber boots from the tractor supply. These are like super adorable boots that I like had to, have somebody help me take off. So I was like, oh, this is so complicated. And I was just whining for no reason. And I'm using whining as like a nice word. Right? Well, and I'll, I'll pick it up and add some positivity to it. When we got out of the car. At the first location. We, of course, the, the, the profile picture of John oh, with the deer. right. We didn't have any idea of who he no, actually he was. was like he steps out. young buck. He gets out of his car. He's probably like He's 23, 24. Super tall and just kind of like, 
a beast of a dude. And giant, on the first property, young man. you know, we pull up to the property and, you know, anything in the country you're going to walk through and it's undeveloped. So that it's not like somebody manicured their lawn and made it curb appeal. You just drive up to it and then you walk. So we're walking through grass that's taller than my toddler, for sure. Taller than my preschoolers. And John Dean just kind of grabbed. Well, they start fussing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they're kind of like, oh, it's too high. I don't like it. And the bugs were everywhere. I mean, it was summer in Texas. So he just scoops up Ollie. I think Bo had Everett on his on his back. I was obviously No, caring. I didn't. I didn't. John started it. He... So I'm holding Ella in a carrier and the boys are kind of whining. So John Dean just scoops up little Ollie. And of course, in this big dude carrying our little dude, it was so like just tender and sweet. So he pulls it, it Ollie made, up. It, it allowed us to trust. Yes. What this allows. He didn't some even future... ask permission. No. He was not trying to be like, I think they're just people in your life where you know you're going to be friends with right away because they just make themselves at home. Not pushy, not uncomfortable. They just are like, oh, you need help? I have something to help you. Or, hey, I'm thirsty. I'm going to get a drink of water. Like normal, make themselves home in your home. So he just picks up our kid, not asking, not worried about anything, and just picks him up, puts him on his back. Ollie felt like a king. You could see it in his eyes like, wow. He was only three. And so excited just to be up high. Because this guy was like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, yes. And, and so out of the grass, out of the itchy oh, yeah. grass. And it just helped us trust this realtor so much. And we walked through, and again, Which not meant, impressed. Like, the, the trust, sorry to interrupt you again. The trust there allowed us for the things that he talked yes. to us about property yeah. later Especially on. in this area. We were like, okay, I believe what this guy is saying because of the trust that was mm-hmm. built through... You know, just he just did a good job. Mm. So in that, we've walked the property and we're walking through it. And he was kind of just like, hey, this is cool. This is cool. And then halfway through the property, as we're walking back to the car, he was just like, hey, I have one more place that I think you guys would be really interested in seeing. Would you have enough time to go over there? It was about 10 minutes away from the first property. And, uh, you know, would you like to walk around on that and just Take a look. Because hmm. this, he could tell that this first property was... Eh, it, we, Just we, not we didn't matching have, up with what well, we wanted. We didn't have the vision to see the possibility of what that that property could have done yeah. as a decent... Like, it could have been a nice spot. But it didn't have anything in particular, even now, that stood out to me. It wasn't like there was a creek running through or a grove of oaks or... You know, there was nothing distinct about it. There was a possibility for a very big pond already. Sure. And yeah. the photos online, it was it was it was a lot drier, mm-hmm. and so it was it was an em- it was a more emptier pond, not fully dry, but yeah, th- it was. Th- I mean, if we would have gotten some dozers out or a a forestry mulcher and cleared a home sp- spot, we would have been like, okay, I can kind of see mm-hmm. some possibility. But so that property was fine, just not impressive, and wasn't our jam. So we go to see the second property and. You know, everybody's grumpy at that point, hungry at that point, because we weren't planning on seeing two properties. We didn't really know what we could eat here in this new little tiny town. We go up to the next place. I'm feeding like veggie sticks and fruit leathers to my children in the back seat. And uh, nobody really wants to get out. I was like, all right, I'll go check it out. Nobody's really interested. The boys go 
with Bo. And this property really isn't, it, you can ex- access it from a truck. So they got into our realtor's truck and then kind of went through some thick wooded weeds in the front part of the property. And they were gone for a little while. I probably put on a DVD for Ella and just sat in the car and was like, air conditioning, please just let's get this done. At that moment, when you were sitting in the car, was there anything in your mind that this ever would be a possibility? I just anything? go, no, absolutely not. Because we had no money. We bought a house like two years before. And we, I mean, we had income, but we didn't have like a stash of, I mean, what 30 year olds do you know that have two properties? No one I know. Like we were, we were not broke. We just had no money for this kind of luxury. It was a luxury. So I also have just trained myself. Just go with the flow. Just say yes to everything Bo wants to do. And then, and this is a good thing. It's a healthy thing. And then you are very good at discerning what's really a good idea and what's not. But if I say no, it builds resentment in a way, like from me to you and you to me. And I've learned in a healthy way for me to say yes to the big, crazy ideas. And then before you ever make a decision, your trust is in me to double check me like, babe, what do you think about this? Well, because I will, I'm my own worst critic at the same time. Absolutely. I just need... You need to process it. And I've learned that the yes is space for you to process it. And the no is stifling. So I even knew that way back then. I'm so smart. And uh, so my answer was already, yes, let's go look at these properties. But not even a chance did I think we would buy one because we're 30 year olds with a mortgage. And like, and if we were going to buy a second property, why wasn't it on the beach? Like, I just had a whole reason of why we were not getting this. Once we got on the property, you were gone for probably 15 minutes. And by the time you came back, you were like, Kelly, you have to see this. So I probably grumbling and hungry said, if you take me to go get burgers after this, I will get in the truck. (laughs) You're like, you'll love it. Let's do that. So my love language is food, especially food I didn't have to make. So we get in the truck, get through the wooded area, the very tall woody weeds. And when we say woody weeds- Which is now where our house is. Exactly. We're not saying tall grasses and like hay fields and what you would see on like an Irish shore blowing in the wind. We're talking about like really pokey, viney, thorn plants that you have to trudge through. So we're in the truck. We go through those. We go through a wooded area and then- all of a sudden, you roll the wheels of the car just a few more feet further and the world opens up. The back pasture is beautiful. It's where we thought we would put the house. At that time, it had a lot more mesquite trees in it. And Bo's prepper mind was like, we can make mesquite bean flour with that. Yes, we, we can. can. No, we haven't. In that time... Driving to the back, we could see a tank that had been dug. It was dry. No. Did it have some water? Yeah. Okay. Some, not full. And then turning to the right, the openness wasn't just because our property was open, but the property next to us to the right is a hay field. 
and all of that space with just this one singular spot on the property next door that has old, and I'm talking old oak trees, just a small grove of oak trees. And the rest of it's hay and it's beautiful. And the wind whips back there and you, it's quiet back there. And ever since we purchased it, that's the thing we've probably valued the most is the quietness to hear what's happening around you, which sounds ironic. In the city, there is always a motion. There is always an energy. There is always an activity around you, even if you're trying to be still. It's very difficult to get quiet and still so that you're stilled and quieted as a person, but around you, you're able to hear the wind. You're able to hear the sound of the wind in the trees. That's so very like Pocahontas circa 1995. But what I'm saying is that we walked or we we drove in the back and it was just jaw-dropping, not because it was beautiful and all of the splendor, just that, you know, it was really busy and thick in our lives. And as we drove through the front of the property, it's very busy and thick. And then you step out to the back part of the property and it's space. And that is going to be the thing that always like roots in me is space to think and space to process and space to breathe. I am forever searching to create margin in our life because I value that so much. Even when we were in the city and we would take Saturdays and Sabbath, it was because I valued this space to process well. Otherwise, you just do stupid stuff for no reason. I'd rather do stupid stuff at least for a reason. So I I love that about the property. It changed everything. And then we went home and I was like, fine. If you want to entertain the idea of, we didn't even go home. We went to my parents. But I told you, if you wanted to entertain the idea of buying this property. No, this was before we left because I said, God has to show us the property. God has to provide us the finances to pay for it. And he needs to provide the lender. There were three things. It's rare in our life that I've been like, here are my qualifications. And if the Lord does it, like casting out my fleece, if the Lord does it, then we'll, we'll respond with obedience. Well, so we got back to your parents' house in Dallas and this was of course, the topic of conversation to where everybody was talking, where, where's Bo? What, what, and Everybody's buzzing around. Yeah. Oh, you guys saw property? Are you going to buy the property? Show us the property. What does and it look like? For me, I was like, hey, I the only thing that we've lost so far is a little, little bit of gas, Time. which was just entertainment. Yeah. It was just fun. That was fun. And I thought, hey, this is going to be a learning opportunity. So let's just talk to John, the realtor. And let's figure out a good bid on the property. So we, uh, I think, I don't know what, I think it was listed for something like 52000 uh, something like that. And so- Was it? Yeah, it was more than what we paid. You're oh right. yeah, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. And so then we made an offer for, I think like 46 mm-hmm. and they countered for around like 48 Yeah. And then that was whenever things got real. And we're like, like, oh, oh, okay. This is a yes. We'd invested nothing in this other than the time to negotiate and to visit the property. This is where this was such a slow drip 
It was a, a it was so many yeses and so many little bitty baby steps yes. to get to this of like so first baby step of looking. Second baby step of telling my wife. This is how people get addicted to heroin. It's just like one little step in the wrong direction. That's next step. Let the listener beware. Of like, oh, I actually like negotiated something and saved a little bit of money. Oops, babe, I'm sorry. I negotiated a property. And, (laughs) And then the next yes, what John was saying is like, hey. If this is something that you at all, this is where the yes. trust was built. Right. And, and he did a very good job, mm-hmm. not like just being in, I've, I've, we've known him for the last several years and this is just how he is mm-hmm. of he's, he's just being truthful. I, I, I compl- and, and we now have learned that this truth, what this was I- exactly correct is he said, Hey, if this is something that you are at all interested in and you can afford a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. I highly recommend you putting down the option payment of hold taking it off the market for right. $100. And then you can have a full week or maybe it was 14 days. I think it was like seven to 14 days. I can't remember what it was. But then you have that time to, to make a decision without the pressure. Exactly. And so for us, we had we had $100 to just throw away. Just, you know. Because we're flush with cash. And that was like, that was it. And I mean, that's, they do, that's, that's how the market works. Because what, what he was saying is, I recommend you doing this because the reason why, and this was like right. where the trust, he's like, the reason why you like this property is because it's not too small mm-hmm. and it's definitely not too big. This five to 10 acre size property is what everyone yeah. wants. There are yes. a lot less people who want 20 plus acres. Well, this is really interesting. Even now, it's five years later or six years later. Our next door neighbors had 12 acres. It was gone. It was. They were ready to sell. It was gone. Just down the street from us. Oh, they're 10. They're not 12 acres. Are you sure? No. Okay. So 10, same thing about what you're saying. They didn't even put it on the market. Yeah, this small sized property. Then down the street from us, over a month, this property has been listed for 30 acres. And I thought, oh man, that's going in a second. And it's been up there a little bit longer than I expected. I also think that they have it higher. It's an old lady that goes out there and weed eats the the f- barbed wire fence to make it look good. I'm like, so I think that she has, I think that she's not in a hurry. She, she prob- has some feelings she, about that property. She probably put it up on the market thinking like, hey, if someone wants to overpay yeah. for this, fine. Yeah. Because the market is insane right now and people are overpaying. But I now think that things are slightly Slowing starting down. to chill out mm-hmm. because things are getting back to normal. But so basically we put the option down. We end up going um, to back to Katy, Texas, and we have this short period of time to really be able mm-hmm. to think of it. In the time that we were up in Dallas, Kelly said, hey, you need to find an expert. I don't yeah. care what it is. And for me, it was find a permaculture designer mm-hmm. that would come, that I would pay them. We would meet up at the property and we would look at the property and give him my priority list of everything that right. we want to do. And he would... Tell us, like, just a consulting Can fee. Can we do it on this property? Exactly. And we hired Pete Van Dyke of Drought Proof Texas, 
And he, at that time, he was like, this is actually the nicest property in terms of the potential. Right. He's like, you can do so much with this. The, mm-hmm. the land, it's not on a steep hill and it's also not completely flat. So you mm-hmm. can move water around the property to do yeah. what you would want. Yeah. It was really valuable to have someone who deals in property, a variety of properties. He was still pretty new at the time, but his experience is 100% steeped in permaculture and permaculture design. Pete, if you're listening to this, buddy, I'm still trying to get you on <laughs> on an excavator to get these swells dug. But anyway. So, so I think that that was a good confirmation for me. If someone had come out and said, yeah, but the soil's terrible, and then just left it at that, Pete could come out and say, well, you, it might not be desirable soil, but we can always fix soil. Soil's an easy thing. I mean, I've seen Pete look at another property and he's like, these are right. These are like 300 year old uh, pine trees. He's mm-hmm. like, you're not going to take those out. Right. You're never like, it's just, it's, you're, you're in this super thick forest, mm-hmm. like really thick. Right. Where he said, if you had asked me before purchasing this, I would have said no. Maybe not 300 year old pine trees. Just very old. Very, yes, you have some overgrowth of invasive, not productive trees, right? but you have so many oaks. Mm-hmm. And it was like, turn them into bacon. So that's, but that's still going fast forward. After we got that, we had Pete. So we put down the option. We hired the permaculture designer to tell us, give us the thumbs up or the thumbs down. He gave us the thumbs up. And then it was time to figure out how to purchase yes. this. Yep. This is the returning to the land. You're going to have to take some like super, super risky things sometimes. And for us, quick, brief overview of everything we had done up to this point, we had become Mm self-employed. We, well, we had the dream. We were able to break it down into goals. We were self-employed. And then we even built a uh, self-employed residual income stream. Right. We weren't rich. But we did buy a uh, a suburban home, so we had some equity right. in that home, and th- we had a little bit of investments that we would be able to do now at this time. And no debt. We, I think that's also yeah. really important. Well, besides the house, yeah, right. But no credit exactly. cards, no car payments, no school we had, loans. We had at the time we had two cars. And, we did, and we no. I, re- I think we only had one at that point. I, I'm not, it's very, we sold the element. If not right at this time, we sold it just before. I think it was just before. Because at this time we were, we were really into prepping. So like 2015. And we were home. That, like, yeah. None of the things that we say on this podcast will ever be prescriptive, but I do hope they are inspirational. Meaning we don't have a one size fits all do what we did. We have a way to say, the one thing we did that is not unique to us is we solved problems. If you have problems and hurdles between what you've got in mind for your vision and you break it down to goals and there's something that keeps you from accomplishing the goal, solve the problem. Stop waiting for someone else to fix it. Solve the problem and then go to the goal. It doesn't mean just because the game changed doesn't mean that the end goal 
is gone. It means that you need to play the game differently. So I remember being in our bedroom, looking at the numbers, because eventually the time crunch does happen to where it was bad. It was bad. (laughs) And I, I looked at it and I thought, we can't afford both to buy this. Yeah. So to, we can't afford mm-hmm. the house, everything that we have, and 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 to buy this property and to get a loan. Well, yeah. Well, because because yeah. we both worked from home. Yeah. Well, we did get turned. I don't know when we got that turned down. We had no debt, so we we really didn't have a credit score because we don't use credit. Okay, so we came to the conclusion that with the amount of money that we had in the bank and all of our immediate liquid assets. It was just, we couldn't afford the property. I like how you said all of our liquid, immediate liquid assets. What I mean you is that we checked ha- all the bank accounts. You looked at any stocks we had and you were like, this is well, not Well, no, no, not the stocks. So mm. I know. So we did have, and a lot of you would say this is the stupidest thing, especially Dave Ramsey would say, this was the you dumbest fools. thing ever. It ended up being the right move. Mm-hmm. We ended up taking a risk and we took out. That's what it was. That's what it was. As I remember now Mm -hmm. is that it was, we got turned down for the loan Mm -hmm. and then we had to go back to the person who we bought this from because our realtor ended up saying, Hey, I know this guy, he actually is doing the, uh, the owner financing of the current, you know, uh, seller. So basically, there was one guy who owned the property we have. He sold it to a woman who decided she didn't want in on it anymore. And we were and buying it. He was it, financing her. We were buying it from the woman. And then she decided she didn't want it anymore and put it on the market, which is when we got involved. So then we were able to go back to the original old man right. and say, hey, we would we would be interested in doing an owner financing right. with you as well. Yeah. Would you consider giving us the same deal you gave? And, and the he gave before? us our, and he gave us his terms, which were uh, owner financing. You're always going to pay a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You're going to put a more down payment on mm-hmm. it and you're going to pay more in interest, but it opens up the possibility sometimes that you can actually do this. And for us, the um, his terms made sense. It's just the down payment was more than what mm-hmm. we were able to afford. Uh, and Just and, with what we had. Yeah, like like we, we could have done it, but it just would have been too risky. Then we came up with the idea. I think we had not sold the car yet. I think that we sold mm-hmm. the car after. We sold the Honda Element after for, I think it was like for five grand or something like that. Maybe it was 5,500. But I think it was, hey, this is how much we have on the car. And then this is how much we have in my Roth IRA Mm -hmm. account. And I had one too. Yeah. And we... I don't feel bad about this. I don't feel like I have to approach this with trepidation. So basically, we just weighed the cost. If we get into this property, and we have a lot of experience with taking these kinds of risks, so it wasn't super scary for us. But getting in on this property... I know this is diverging. We keep diverging from the storyline today. Well, yeah, let me, let me. If but I, I do think this is important okay. to say. We looked at this property inside. If we get in on this and we do everything the right way, meaning we don't go into debt while we're living here, then we want to be able to sell this property, obviously, for more than what we bought it. 
We have done nothing but trend upward since buying it. And we saw that coming. So the risk was actually just exchanging the trust of what would grow over time in a very safe Roth IRA versus taking it all out, taking the hit, and then putting that toward the property and taking that risk on the property. It was it was the right move. It was totally it, it was the right, right move. move for sure. I'm just saying. I you're I'm, just I'm, saying going against all other internet wisdom of people is, who do this as a job. I would never. We would never recommend it. Correct. But for our situation, it was the right move. Yep. And now we're almost out. Now we've almost been able to put a, as much back into the stock market now mm-hmm. that we are fully debt free and almost have it paid off. Like the the property. Yeah. yeah. And we never would have paid off the house this quickly if no. we stayed in the suburbs. This ha- our house would not have been paid off by now. Yeah. So we got it. We're coming to the end of this part one. So we got to get back uh, past the next two bullet points before we can start actually part two. Okay. So we've seen the property. We've bought the property. Yeah. We ended up closing on it. And then one wrench in the plans. You always had a plan. I'm going to move to this property. I'm going to move to this property with my people. I've got plans for this property. And I was like, no, we're not in the wrench in the plan yet. No, I know. Because I wanted we, you and I went through marriage struggle. Crisis. We really did. Yeah, you were like already here in your mind. And I'm like, hey, we're still in Katie and we have children here and I need you to be here with us. And we've gone through this several times in the in the the podcast and on YouTube. We've never done it in this this view, this lens of Talking returning to the land. Well, to say that we went through marriage counseling for sure, because yeah. I wanted to get to the, I wanted to live here without, I, I just, and I, I, we had were, a come to Jesus argument in my underwear in the backyard where I was like, we need to see someone now. Yeah. And then you called someone. Well, no, you didn't say that. I said, I said, do, what do you think? Do we need to like see uh, someone? Do I need to call Dan to get, he was a friend of ours who did marriage counseling. And I was like, do we need to? And you looked at me and you were like, well, what are the other options that we have? And I'm not doing it. Like you were saying, like... No, I was saying, this is something you keep relying on me to do all the normal sane people things. I need you to be a little sane here, and I need you to call the counselor. Exactly. You weren't saying that you wouldn't go. You were saying, like, man up. I'm saying, put on your nuts and go call the marriage counselor. And it was the right thing to do. It was. And I did it. You did it, babe. You did did it. it. You tell me to do it. I did it. And we... And the caveat is, go see a counselor, man. Do it for a normal maintenance. Do not do not wait to fix broken things when you could do it while things are breaking. Now, I'm sure that counseling is so much even... I don't know. I Like with Zoom... More accessible with Zoom. Yeah, 2020 shook the world in a Like we'd be able to go back too. to our old like premarital counselors. I'm sure if we ever we needed to. We could go to. see them right now. Let's do it. Let's just stop the podcast and go what, call on Zoom? Them. Yeah. Anyway, but we finally got through all that. If you want to see, I'll put some links in the uh, in the show notes for this to where those previous, I mean, really, it, I think the main one is part one and part two of how to convince your spouse to homestead mm-hmm. that we went over a whole lot of detail there, but we ended up making through all of that. And luckily with God's grace, we were doing better when right so 
again, long car trips. We were on a long car trip to New Mexico and back with all of our children, stopped along the way to do some doTERRA work and visit some people on our team. And as we're on this home stretch, Bo was like, we could live in an RV. My aunt did it. We could live in an RV with our kids on our property. And I'm like anti this, pretty anti this, but I'm warming up to it. We have all this conversation. I said, here's the deal, because this is me starting to exercise the yes, right? I can say yes to this, but we're going to have to figure out the ramifications. What are the things that we put in order for that to work for everyone? So we just kind of kick this around, very non-committed. We get home, and two months later, we're pregnant with Finley. So you were actually considering doing the RV thing? I was considering, I was saying yes to the RV, knowing that we're going to work out the nitty gritty of this and it is not going to be what our family wants. So I'm going to say yes to talking about the RV because my no shuts you down and we go back to counseling. But my yes opens up the conversation where we can work out the good, bad and ugly. We also decided, hey, you know, in this conversation about do we live on the property? What do we even want out of that? So we get pregnant with Finley. So that was probably in that, the fall of two. Yeah, it was like September. 17? No, she was born in 2017. Okay, so that was the fall of 2016. 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so we knew right then we needed a pause. pause. We needed a pause. Then she was born in 2017, May. And, and the reason for the pause is not because you can't have a baby in an RV. It was because we've had several babies. And that has always been the moment where we say, hey, we need to put our dreams, plans, and visions on hold until we know more about what this baby needs. That is something that I've learned from Dave Ramsey. And I fully, fully believe it is like, when a storm is coming, you go grab your umbrella. Yeah. Is when you think that you there's layoffs happening on like in your company or something mm -hmm. or when you uh you know when if someone ends up getting sick or mm -hmm. something like a long-term sickness or when you get pregnant mm -hmm. then that is whenever you slow things down you don't make any big decisions any big life changes you just slow it down mm -hmm. and as best as you can you start piling up as much cash you you live on less than you make, just you get that umbrella yeah. ready because a rainstorm might be coming. Yeah. And until for baby, for us, it is once healthy mama, healthy baby, 10 fingers, 10 toes, everybody's safe. Mm -hmm. Then you have that little bit of cash that you saved up a little bit mm -hmm. and the preparation. For us, Man, it was just so good for our marriage to be able to even have that slowdown, that mm -hmm. first slowdown, because I think it helped us. It just, there was lots of these seasons that helped me get my perspective in order, my my priorities of life Yeah, the in gift order. of time really makes a difference in your decision making. Yeah. Okay. So that is it. Uh, we'll for come part, back for part two. Yeah. For part two, we're going to be going over... The awesome uh, situation that we had with Hurricane Harvey <laughs> not selling the house, us living with uh, in-laws, which we loved. It was great, mm -hmm. but we we lived there for six months and uh, with with parents, and then 
me being alone f- here in the wooden box. Do you want to just go into episode no, two or do you want to... I'm giving the bullets. I'm giving the bullets. bullets. But that's going to be in part two. So you can find us at Better Together Life on Instagram or I'm Kelly at Better Together Wife on Instagram. You can also email us at bettertogetherlife at gmail.com and we'll see you on the next podcast.